Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hello, hello. Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. And you know what that means. We have another incredible guest that works in animation and video games. Today's guest is Richard Epcar. And I... I love Richard. I've known Richard for over a decade. I first met Richard when we were working together on the Mr. Men show. I'm going to show you guys something actually before we bring Richard on. This is, oh, how do I flip my camera? Here we go. This is the poster from the Mr. Men show with all the different characters. And this was Richard. Richard played Mr. Noisy. I was uh, Miss Sunshine, Miss Whoops, and Miss Naughty. And so even when I started working with Richard back then, I knew he was a total legend and I'm so excited to have him on the show. I want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's joining live. Hey, Jeffrey, El Jordanito. Sorry about your name. Uh, yes, I was on the Mr. Men show. Did you watch? Photos by the dude. Hey, Chris Brown. So good to see you, Tao. Jeff, awesome to have you on. Rep Striker, you made it. Max, hey, good to see your face. Thank you guys so much for joining live. It is so special when we get to have guests on and interacting and being here witnessing in real time. So I'm so grateful for that. Richard Epcar is here. So we're going to welcome him on. Richard is um, a voice actor. You might know him from Final Fantasy, Saints Row, Arkham, Skyrim, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, League of Legends. This guy's resume is um, insane. You also might know him as the Joker in multiple Batman franchises. He's also, in addition to being a voice actor he is also a voice director for anime and video games and i've had to the opportunity to work with richard on the other side of the booth of the glass wall as it were so i'm so excited to sit down so please give a warm welcome to the one and only richard epcar hey brickman mosaic art good to see you you guys brickman has some really incredible lego artwork if you guys are into that melanie animated good to see you richard Oh my God. Hi, how are Hi. you? You know what? It, oh, it, yeah. What? Yeah, it does that. It kind of like gives you like one minute you're out here and then it's like you're really Am I too close? I don't want to you, scare anyone. You look perfect right now. It's good to see your All face. Right. Well, you always look perfect. So there. <laughs> That's funny. It's the ring light. Remember? It's the ring no, light. No, <laughs> it's not. I've seen you in person. It's not the ring light. <laughs> you're so sweet. Where Are you in your home studio or your home office? I'm in my home office right now. Yeah, this is where this is where the magic happens right this here. Is where the, do you feel like you want to show us around or are you more stationary right now? <laughs> well, it's kind of a mess right now, honestly. But I have, I do, well, I guess I could, well, I'm kind of hooked into this thing here. But yeah, I, have yeah. a, I have a booth in my office. I have... Uh, this is my command center here where I do a lot of writing and stuff like that and uh, all that sort of thing. And I do have, let me, let me take it off. It's kind of fun. We, we do have some, some characters that I, that I can see some of these guys here. You can see some of the characters. Here's, here's Jigen from loop on the third. Here's gladiator. There's Batman, a bunch of uh, James Bond guys. But I, uh, the only thing I did with James Bond was I cast Ellen and I cast the, the motion capture for one of the games that they did. Uh, here's some more Joker stuff. I don't know if you guys can see that very well, but and then here's Ansem from Kingdom Hearts, another Thanks. one of 
characters, but I, I you know, it's, it's always fun to me. This was the first one back here. You see this guy here? Can you see that? Yeah. He was a uh, dark heart was the first, first time that I had gone in a store and seen a character that I voiced as, as a toy. You know, so that was kind of exciting. That was a, that was a long time ago, but that wow. that was that was the first one. And then after that, I just kind of started collecting some of these characters. That oh, here's a good one. I didn't even show this one. This is one of my favorites, Raiden. Raiden from Mortal. So he's he's fun, and they they got him dressed as Dark Raiden, which is kind of nice. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of you guys, big Mortal Kombat fans on the stream. Give a thumbs up if you are. We love Mortal Kombat. Richard, I'm so curious. I don't know much about how you got your start in voice acting and acting. Do you care to take us take us back to the early days and how that all came about? <laughs> back back before the trilobites, yes. Well, you know, I, I, I'm an on-camera actor. I'm, I'm an actor. I, I'm actually a stage-trained actor. I, I was trained on the stage and did a lot of theater. Mm -hmm. I came out here to be a film actor, and I did a bunch of television and soaps and some some films and stuff like that. I was in Memoirs of an Invisible Man, and I did a bunch of TV shows like Columbo and Cheers and did a bunch of soaps, Santa Barbara, One Life to Live, you know, did, all that did, stuff. Did so, Days of Our Lives, yeah? Days of Our Lives. I was on that for a while. That was fun. What was your character on Days of Our Lives? I think I was Rick. Uh -huh. I always had any, I always had like a one name character, and I was usually the bad guy. Is either a bad Rick guy? Kent, or, yeah. In in Santa Barbara, I kidnapped Robin Wright, which was kind of fun. I got to tie her up and inject her with blue fluids, and I don't know what the hell else I did to her, but it was uh, that was great. yes. So yeah, that was fun. You know, that was a long time ago, but that was really a lot of fun. I came out her like I I did uh, a lot of soaps and stuff like that, and then my wife Ellen Stern was in a movie. And she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. This is a million years ago. <laughs> and uh, the the people who did the movie, they had another movie, and they didn't like the the actors in it. They wanted to replace their voices. So they had auditions, and she said, can I bring my boyfriend, who was me? And uh, I went in there, and the guy said, have you ever done this before? I said, yeah, I've done it a million times. I never did it before in my life. And I went in, and I got the lead, uh, lead character, and they really liked me after that, and they started hiring me. For other movies and this was live action stuff and then from that i got hired into uh, a place called intersound and they did they did a show called robotech and robotech was like the first big anime show that i did it was on network television we didn't think anything was going to really happen with it it was kind of a little tiny show we didn't think much of it but it blew up and to this day, I have people coming up to me and asking me about Robotech, which is kind of fun. But that that started the whole thing, and then I have literally not stopped working since then. I've been, you know, voicing and directing and and doing a lot of that stuff. So wow, that's amazing. So yeah. it was just the one chance encounter, and as uh, yeah. Tamer, I may I'll have to get the correct pronunciation pronunciation of your name, Tamer, and make sure that. But like he said, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I was really faking it, honestly, but uh, I mean, I did, you know, the, the thing that really helped me particularly was, uh, as you know, when you do dubbing, it's, it's, yeah. uh, your dubbing is a little different than just doing regular voice work. You know, the regular voice work, you go in and you're doing a character and they take your tracks and they animate to those tracks. Yeah. But when, when you're dubbing, the, the show's already in the can and you're replacing the dialogue. And so you have to hit those mouth flaps and, and do the, the lines in sync. Well, the fact that I'm also a drummer helped me tremendously because there's a real rhythm to this stuff. 
And yeah. And yeah, I play um, guitar and ukulele and sing. And you sing, right? So, so you know, I find that the people that are musical really take to dubbing uh, a lot a lot easier than people that are not musical people that are not musical it's very tough for them to figure that out this whole thing out you know yeah so i think that helped me tremendously the fact that i was a drummer and an actor and i just i just saw the rhythm in it and i just kind of got into the rhythm and it just for me it was uh, it was uh, really kind of an easy uh, transition and then when i started doing a lot of voice work i had some of the studios ask me hey can you direct this stuff and i had directed theater so i said sure i can direct this stuff and then they said can you write this stuff and i said yeah sure i can write this stuff so i, I just i just started doing so much of it and and one of the things that i wrote one of the first things i wrote was cinema paradiso which was uh, won the uh, oscar for best foreign film so i adapted and directed that into english so it, that was one of the first things and i've, I've done a bazillion you know titles since then that's so fun. It's amazing how that how you segued um, into yeah, that. And so is. so when you started booking more and more voiceover, were you still continuing on your drumming path as well? Well, my my drumming was was more of uh for my my own joy, honestly. I was uh, never yeah. trying to I never wanted to be a professional drummer. Now my son is a professional drummer. And he plays on Broadway. He's been a first call drummer on Broadway for 10 years. And, you know, he was on, he did Spider-Man and he did Hamilton. He did Waitress. He did, uh, he was just doing Mean Girls when they shut it down for the pandemic. And, you know, he's been, you know, they shut down Broadway for a year and three months and it's been really tough on him. But yeah. he's finally, they've been, he, they've asked him to come back and work on another show. So he's, he's going to get up and, uh going again so that was good i mean he's played on seth myers and the tonight show and all kinds of stuff and he's he's doing really well i remember hearing about him back in the day back when we were yeah. working on the mr men show over 10 yeah. years ago can you no no i can't that was a lot of fun i was hoping they'd have more uh, seasons of that that was really me a lot of too fun. you know we have a lot of i'm sure you probably do on Instagram as well, but there's a lot of diehard Mr. Men Show fans out there. Yes. And a few have been just begging me to get somebody from Mr. Men onto the show. So I'm so glad. Right. Yes. And actually, actually, Mr. Noisy played the drums, which was kind of a, a good fit for me. I thought, oh, well, that's how did they know that? So, how did they, well, you know, they say sometimes that actors each have an essence and there's just something in your DNA which makes you. A very good fit for certain roles. I wonder if you just somehow have drummer in your DNA. I smell like a symbol. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Smell like a symbol and sound like a kick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, but you know, I've been, I've been, I've been playing once in a while. I get together, and actually, I was. You know, you mentioned the Days of Our Lives. Yeah. I was on that show for quite a while, and uh, one of the one of the cameramen. I was talking to him and. He said, you know, we got a band, but we don't have a drummer. And I said, well, I'm a drummer and I don't have a band. So we got together and we made this this band. And then I got a friend of mine who's another voice actor and actor. And uh, he came in and he started uh, singing and playing keyboards for us. And we started playing at some of the clubs where we played at uh, the Viper Room. We played at the Hard Rock. We played a bunch of places around town. It was really fun. And we had a lot of our, you know, our, our voiceover fans come and show up and, and watch us play. So it was really a lot of fun. That's so great. Um, yeah. It's amazing how many voice actors are musicians, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it gets, I guess it makes sense, but I'm always... And all of, the, all of the recordists are all, they're either musicians or they record music or, you know, I mean, they've all had some, something to do with music at some point. So 
it's kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. For everybody that's just tuning in, this is Allison's Wonderland. We're a weekly show where we interview people that work in animation and video games. And today's guest is Richard Epcot, director and voice actor of multiple projects. I see some questions coming in through the timeline. If you guys just don't mind dropping them in the, in the question and answer box at the very bottom with the question mark, we'll try and save some time at the end for, for questions from, from you guys. So Richard, I was curious, we talked a little bit about how you got into it and, and your first few roles doing ADR and looping. What were some of your first roles in animation or video games? Well, you know, I was, I was Bateau and Ghost in the Shell and that was a, that was a big deal. You know, I, I did that one movie and I thought, well, and actually that movie that we did was the number one selling video of the year it came out. It beat er out everything, wow. everything, which is really weird when you think about it. And uh, it was a great movie. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if they, you know, did more of these? And then I got a call like two years after that. And they, they called me up and they said, hey, remember that character Bateau you played in Ghost in the Shell? I said, yeah. And they said, well, we're doing a series now. And I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I'll get a series. Again. We'd like you to audition. So, you know, I'm audition. They go, yeah, we want you to come in and audition. I said, oh, okay. And they had they they had like a two hundred people there auditioning for this thing. And I think I I think I got it because I sounded like the guy in the movie. So you know, but but you know, thankfully I got it. And it was only actually only two of us that made the cut from the movie to the series. So I was really really grateful that they kept me on on that. I did that. I did Digimon. I did God. There's so many. I don't even remember them all. They just kind of blend together after a while. But there was yeah. literally. I've done over 600 characters in games and animation, and and I started you know slowly getting getting into the gaming world, which I really wanted to do more and more of that actually, because yeah. just because you, you're not you're not doing dubbing. You're you're creating a character, yeah. and you're not confined by doing the dubbing. You're just uh, doing it and it's just uh you know and then i got into i got into mortal kombat which is about i've been doing that about uh, 12 13 years now mortal kombat where i play raiden and the joker and that was an amazing audition they called me in from you know warner brothers and netherrealm studios and dc comics they were all on the line when i was doing it and they wanted me to audition for every single character in dc world and every single character in, in mortal kombat and, and it were was, you coming uh, in to audition in person and they yeah, were on the line? Yeah. In the old days, we used in to the do old that. Days. I missed it. <laughs> in the olden days. Yes, I would take my, my carriage and my, you know, my horses and I would come up to the... No, but we. it was really a fun <laughs> audition because it was like being a kid in a candy shop for me because I loved all these characters. Yeah. And I read comic their comics when I was a kid and all that yeah. stuff. So they, they had me go in the booth and I read all these different, you know, all these different characters. And then at the end of it, Bridget Burdeen, who was the casting director at the time, said to me, you know, they like you for everything. What would you like to do? I said, well, I said, if I could shoot, there's so, there was something about the Joker. I, I never tried to do the Joker, but this crazy voice came out of me and the laugh and everything. It was just nuts. So I said, I love the Joker and I love Raiden. They were both really fun characters. And they, you know, they never asked the actor who they want to play. They don't care who you want to play. It's, you know, up to them. But literally a couple of days later, they called me and said, you booked Raiden and the Joker. So, and I've been playing them ever since. So that's been really wonderful. That was a really fun uh, experience. Would you like to sample the voices for us? Well, the Joker sounds like this. You're so lovely, my dear. That's the oh, Joker. <laughs> See, it could be Harley. It'd be a great Harley. <laughs> and then, and then Raiden is more serious. Thunder, take you. So he's, he's more of a, I love Raiden because he's, he's kind of like everyone's dad. He's always admonishing everyone, you know, 
which is kind of fun. But and then when he turns into Dark Raiden, he becomes a real badass and just goes crazy. But you know, it's just been I've really been so fortunate. I've I've had such a, a spectrum of characters that I've been able to play, which has really, really been wonderful. I played this character in Monster. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, but I played this crazy Inspector Lunge who is so obsessed with finding the the villains that he becomes he becomes almost a villain himself in the process. You know, he just pushes his family away, pushes everyone away and becomes so, you know, obsessed with finding this guy. And it's it was a really fun character. There's, there's been a lot of great ones. Yeah, go ahead. There, there's something also, I think, like a thread that you and I both resonate with that's like a little bit twisted. <laughs> we, we both can really sink our teeth into a character that's a little bit... Wait, are you talking about you or me on this? I'm just a... Both of us. <laughs> We're like... <laughs> A little, a little twisted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it truly is such, your career has been, you've had such a significant body of work. I mean, m most people cannot speak to something like that. So you, you know, you've been doing, just to take it back, you were doing a lot of voice acting. And then how did you segue then to just getting so many directing gigs? Was that an intentional career path or was that I, I honestly kind of fell into that too, in a way. I mean, uh, as I said, they you know they offered me this this the, the first the first thing I think I directed was a there was this animated feature from Hungary called Captain Schnauzer. It was beautifully uh, animated, really beautiful. Looked like something from Disney. You keep going dark on me here. I keep having to lighten you up. And they asked me if I would do it. And the reason they asked me because they asked every director in town, and everyone turned him down because it was it was a very talky movie. It was really long and very talky. And it was about the economic situation in Hungary, which, you know, as you know, American kids would just love that, right? That would be hilarious. So the guy, Hungarian, so yeah. Yeah. No, I, I said to the guy, I said, would you, if they want me to write and direct it, I said, will you let me change it? And they said, yes. So there was a there was a company called Quintex back in the day. I don't think they're around anymore, but it was on the Family Channel, and they, I took the show and I threw all that stuff about the economy and all that stuff out, and I made it in. I put in jokes. I put in all these jokes, and it was a big hit. They loved it, and they they came back to me with a series. They said we have this series, Swiss Family Robinson, that we'd like to do for the Family Channel. Will you write and direct that? I said, sure. So I, I wrote and directed that. And honestly, after that, I just, I think the and third that was project, huh? That was animated? Yeah, it was an animated series, cartoon series. Oh. Yeah, it was really cool. I wonder if you could still see that or not. I don't know where that is, but it was really a, a sweet series. And we had a great cast. And, you know, we just, after that, I just, I started getting live action movies. I got a lot of stuff from Miramax to, to write and direct into English. And I got a lot of Academy nominated, Academy Award winning films that they asked me to write and direct. And I did a bunch of those. And then I, you know, I just went on and did that. And I started directing games. I directed yeah. a huge game for, for, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to remember who it is. So over at Technicolor, we did it for Microsoft yeah. called uh, Blue Dragon. Blue Dragon. Yeah. And we worked on, was it XCOM that you cast me in many years XCOM. ago? XCOM. Yeah. I should be, you should bug me more because I should cast you more. Actually. I was Parichi. Do you remember that little cat? I don't. I don't, little white I don't, cat. don't feel I bad. Played, I don't even remember my character. So don't okay. feel bad I've played so many cats and I don't think I've ever played a dog. Well, it's like that energy you give off. Energy, you know, you're, we're, we're you're talking about that. We both have this energy. Well, you, know, you have a feline energy about you. You do. <laughs> That's so funny. Especially wow. I've seen you do all your twists and turns and stuff, so that you're like a cat, 
right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So then, you know, I mean, with all these voice, you know, with all this depth of work, what is next for Richard Epcar? Is there is there a particular avenue you're looking to explore more of? I just picked up another series, an animated series. <laughs> I, I can't really talk about it yet, but I just finished a, a feature, a loop on the third feature. Also, there's another loop on the third feature, which I wrote and I played Jigen in called Loop on the Third, the First, which is going to be out in theaters in August. So go see that if you get a chance. It's It's all CGI and it looks amazing. It looks like incredible i mean it really is beautiful it's a beautiful movie and it's a lot of fun and even if you don't have any prior knowledge or background with lupon it's a, it's a great film to go see it's a lot of fun can you tell us a little bit about about lupon the series lupon is a, really an incredible show i started doing directing the red jacket series about god about 15 or so years ago and when we did it i said this is such a great series i hope I hope I get to do more. Well, be careful what you wish for, because now I've got Lupin coming out of my ears. It's unbelievable. But what happened was I cast this show. I brought in the actors for the characters. And and then several years later, like I said, about 15 years later, there was this other Blue Jacket series of Lupin. And they asked me to direct that and I cast it. And Ellen and I co-directed it because they needed it really quick. We had to do a really fast job on it. And that did really well. And then they brought us another Lupin series, which we did. And in between all this, we were doing a bunch of Lupin movies, which are you can find from Discotech. If you go on their, their website, you can, you can rent all those. But Lupin, to, to answer your question, I know I really didn't answer your question, but Lupin is a, a gang of thieves. Lupin is a master thief. His grandfather, Arsene Lupin, was a legend. Apparently, he really exists. And there's a French live-act uh, series right now called Lupin, which is uh, loosely based on Arsene Lupin. But anyway, the guy, Monkey Punch, is the guy who created Lupin. And he and I share an affinity for James Bond. You can see by my posters in my office that we both love James Bond. So he put a lot of uh, James Bond elements into the series there's a lot of fast cars car chases beautiful girls you know exotic locations all over the world and they're all about these this this team of crooks trying to do this uh, mission impossible jobs to uh, steal you know the 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 jewels or whatever they're they're stealing right. that week you know but they usually wind up they're kind of like robin hood in a way they wind up helping people generally more than they do stealing so they're actually they actually have good hearts you know they're they're mm -hmm. they're criminals but they're they're good-hearted criminals so and i play this guy jegan who's a very tough no-nonsense guy with a very dry sense of humor and he's a crack shot so he's a lot of fun to play Awesome. Now, you've led several voice actor workshops as well. Do you have anything like that coming up? I did my, my well, they want me to do another one. You know, I, I told them, I said, I can't do any more until after October because that's the deadline for this new series. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it just, you know, you know what it's like. It takes a lot of effort and time. And and yeah. uh, so I, I, I may be doing more. You know, uh, the only reason I've, I've been doing these workshops is because so many people have asked me, you know, to help them and that sort of thing. So, I had this company, uh, Strawberry Hill Music, uh, approach me and say, can you know, teach these classes? And I, I said, okay. You know, so I've been doing that for a while, and the classes have been really going well, and the people seem to really enjoy them a lot. And it's, you know, it's really fun to help people. And, uh, you know, it, in our business, there's not a lot of, 
you know, great information sometimes on how you can start doing this and what you can do to help yourself. So it's kind of nice to, to have that, you know, that platform to, to help people. So that's yeah. what I've been doing. But I, I'm not, honestly don't know if I'm going to be doing any more of those or not because they're very time consuming and yeah. they're a lot of work, you know, honestly. So what do you hope that people that take your voiceover workshops take away from that? Well, hopefully they'll, they'll take away, they'll be better voice actors. They'll be more professional. Hopefully they'll understand what, what it's, it is that's asked of them and that, you know, really what, what we're hired to do when we go into a studio or a booth, what we're hired to do is to take that written word off the page and bring it to life. And many times you have to do that in a cold reading because we don't get to see the scripts until we're in the booth. Mm -hmm. So that is a real skill that even a lot of uh, film and, you know, movie actors and TV actors that don't, they don't have that skill. So, you know, it's uh, it's something that you really need to work on. If it's, if this is the kind of work that you want to do, then you really have to be proficient at that and be, you know, be good at the cold reading and be able to read without stumbling and, and give a good performance right off the bat. But the you good know. news is you don't have to learn to memorize. <laughs> well, that's true, too. I mean, in many ways, I prefer that. That's kind of nice. You know, you yeah. can you know, run the gamut of emotion and all and chew the scenery and do all that stuff. And you don't. Yeah, you don't have to memorize, which is kind of nice. Yeah, there's some. That's why they say it's easy, though. But it's not easy. You know, that's why everybody says it's easy because you have the script in front of you. But it's really not easy to make it come alive and sound like you're you're saying this for the first time and not reading something, you know, that's the trick, isn't it? Yes. And um, I feel like it's the type of thing that takes 20 years to develop, but then you're, you're working off your instincts a lot of times, yeah. you know, you're working off the character that you've created and just living and existing as them. So there's almost like an improv kind of cold ready slash improv quality to it sometimes that, yeah, um, is not necessarily, it, it's a part of one's acting toolbox, but not necessarily an on-camera actor's forte. So, yeah. you know, it really runs the gamut on how people transition and vice versa on camera. I kind of liken it to, well, acting in general, I kind of liken it to, you know, how when you first start playing piano, for example, you know, yeah. you're looking at the, the notes and you're thinking about hitting each note on the keyboard and you're being very... Precise. conscious of that aware of that and and then you get to the point where you don't think about it and yeah. you can just sail through it and you're, you're you're just playing it and that's that's to me really that's what what great acting is when you're when you you know you've done the work and you you know assimilated all those uh, qualities and then you can just fly with it and not even think about it and forget all the stuff that you learned really you kind of forget everything and you just jump in and do it and that's 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 what I'm trying to, to teach them when they when they take my classes, that sort of thing. So um, very much your voice very much is an instrument. You know, even if you're not singing, you're using different resonance canals. You're bringing it up in your throat or pitching it, bringing it down or making it more. Remind yeah. that really. So it's like yeah, we talk about that. We talk about the head voice, the chest voice. Talk about saving your throat when you're screaming and that sort of thing, and how to how to scream without hurting your instrument. And that, those things are really important, particularly when you're doing these these game jobs, because there's a lot of screaming in some of the stuff, you know. And you yeah. got to protect that instrument. 
keep it keep it protected guys so i'm curious if there's any upcoming projects that you can talk about or tell us about. god what can i talk i there's you know i'm like i'm my mind is like mush that's just been so much stuff that's been thro- thrust at me in the last few days it really does i've just completed this really wonderful show called danny who that's going to be on the Paramount platform, I believe. It's yeah. a very cool show. It's, I believe it's from Mexico. And I, I was the ADR director on that. And it's a really interesting show. So that's going to be coming out soon. Is it a live um, action or animated? It's a live action. And it's oh, cool. a very cool. And we did, we did a, I believe we did a really great job on it. And it looks great. And then, you know, just a lot of other stuff. I mentioned the, the Loop on the Third stuff that's coming out. Uh, there's, a, there's a few games that I've worked on recently, but I can't talk about those yet sadly but it's uh those are a lot of fun and i get to play a lot of cool characters i was just in this grand what's a grand blue something something grand blue i, don't know. I just did that which is a continu- continuing character that i i've been in a bunch of those and monster hunter i'm in that i play the admiral in that and the, those are coming out so in a way is that no, a that's a, that's a game that's actually a game, a game. <laughs> I played this crazy admiral who actually a Ron Perlman is playing him in the movie. They're doing a movie of this thing. So he's playing my character, that rat. I should be playing it. But well, uh, he's probably doing a bunch of research on you right now. Hey, guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Well, you know, it's fun. Uh, when they did the Ghost in the Shell movie, Lemily called me in and said, hey, would you come in and introduce Ghost in the Shell? Because they were going to do a screening of the original Ghost in the Shell movie with our cast. And uh, I said, yeah, that would be awesome. So I I introduced the show and I talked about how it was the number one selling video and all that. And the, the year came out. And then after the show, I get up to leave and this this man comes up to me and he says, hey, can I meet you? I said, of course. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, he played Togusa in the movie. He played, you know, with uh, Scarlett Johansson. So he said to me, so he said to me that they would watch our, our shows. That's how they would get their characters. They would watch our shows. So I thought that was really cool. I said, well, tell your director I'm mad at him. He goes, why are you mad? I said, because he didn't bring me in for an audition. So. <laughs> But uh, you know that that was really cool to meet him and and talk about that that they that they really got their kind of their inspiration from from watching our shows. So I wonder if that the same will be true for Ron Perlman. I wonder if in his uh, you know when he does his research, if he's going to to look at any of the stuff that we did. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. <laughs> like who's that handsome man? Woo! You know, I was going to ask since you voiced, you know, six hundred different characters. If it's a challenge keeping up with all of them, the name of them covered. The answer is yes, it is. But how do you, when you attend conventions and different events, and and fans come to you because they're fans of X, Y, or Z? Do you ever struggle to to remember? <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So you know, yeah, it's 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 tough sometimes. You know. When I first started doing the uh, conventions, I, you know, it wasn't that I didn't take it seriously, but, you know, just there was so much stuff that, that we did back then. You know, when we, when we first started doing this work, we didn't realize there would be conventions and that yeah. people would quiz you on your, your shows. Now we're a little more savvy. And, you know, when I do a, another show, I'll, I'll write it down or make a note of it or, you know, try to update my resume a little bit to, to kind of, you know, 
keep it up up to snuff it's still not easy to do but but you know now i know a little bit more about some of these characters that i played and i you know i try to stay on top of a little bit more obviously i can't remember all of the characters and there's always one or two guys in the audience that know some show that i did back in you know a million years ago and asked me stuff about it and i i, I honestly don't remember some of those shows but you know the the main ones the ones that really that really move me i remember I remember there was one great series of games that I did called Xena, and I played uh, Ziggurat 8. Ziggy was his uh, nickname. And that was a really interesting game because uh, this was a character, he was kind of like Robocop. He, he, his family was killed, and he killed himself, and then they came and they reanimated him and made them do his bidding. And he, he had this really sense of pathos and sadness about him that made him really interesting to play as an actor mm. and that's one of the things i love about the games is the writing is on a lot of these games is so good they've got screenwriters for movies writing these games now yeah you know, and it's just it's it's wonderful as an actor to uh, play these characters you know and just i mean there it seems like there's just been more and more of an uptick in conventions over the years yeah. are you are you experiencing that as well is it tough to juggle all that you have going on with um, attending conventions Yes, it is sometimes, you know, uh, there's not been that many. I've got, a, I've got a couple coming up. I actually have one in, in August, towards the end of August in, I believe, Oregon. And then I have one coming up in New Mexico sometime. I don't remember. It's the New Mexico Comic Con. October. Is it October? Are you going to be there? Haven't been invited. Be. Well, we, we should see if we can correct hey, that. But anyway, it's, it's you know, I, I love the conventions because... You know, we're in these dark booths all day, and we don't yeah. get to talk to people. And it's not like when you do a th when you do a, a show on a stage, you you have the immediate reaction of the audience, and you get that that thing. But when you're you're doing these characters, you don't really know. So when you meet these fans that are really excited about what it is you're a part of or what it is you're doing, yeah. it's really nice. I really enjoy it. And I love meeting with them and talking. That they they usually know more about the show than I do, to tell you the truth. But you know, it's it's great and it's I enjoy it a lot and I hope that I hope this COVID thing gets under control so we can all go back to the to the conventions and meet everybody and have fun. And they're a lot of fun. You get to fly around and see places of either the country or the world that you you haven't been to before, so that's always fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and have you noticed over the years doing more and more every year and being invited to more and more and more and more popular? Yeah, I mean, it, there was a period I was doing uh, about fourteen of them a year, which I guess adds up. But you know, it you know after a while that does get to be uh, a little rough too. I yeah. know there's, yeah. there's there's people that do a lot more than that, and they're like almost every weekend they're somewhere and. You know, God bless them. That's great. I, I don't know that I could do that. I think I would jump off a cliff if I had to do that all the time. But but it's nice. It's really fun. It's There's a lot of fun. And like I say, I, I love meeting with the with the, the people and, and hearing how they enjoy the, you know, the, we don't realize that when we do these shows sometimes that they really, they really impact other people's lives, you know, in many ways. And, you know, so when you hear that, it's like, wow, that's, it's nice to you feel like, wow, I'm working on something worthwhile, you know, that's really helped somebody or impacted somebody. Completely. So yeah, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I did Northeast Comic Con a couple weeks ago, and usually I just go and do panels, and then I don't stay for the signings, but they, you know, they invited me. Because I didn't know that was the thing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it was the thing. I didn't think, I mean, a lot of my shows are 
have been preschool and stuff too. So I think it's starting to shift. I mean, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, getting to meet people one-on-one and be that light for somebody is just the best feeling in the world, you know? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. So what's it like? Because I know your wife is also does a lot of similar things that you do, voice acting and directing as well. What is it like being married to somebody in the same career as you? Terrible. You know, it's okay. We, we help each other and, you know, she's, we, like I said, we've, we've partnered up on a, on a few projects where we've co-directed stuff and she helped me, she helped me cast this last thing that I did that I just finished with. And, you know, she's been, she's been really great. And we, we travel together. We do a lot of the conventions together, which is Mm -hmm. really nice. We get to go together to some of these conventions. So that's, that's fun. But yeah, she's, she's been very busy. She just finished a, a thing for Netflix called School Nurse Files, which is a kind of a cool show. And, and it was a, it was a Korean, it was kind of like Stranger Things, you know, a really bizarre kind of weird stuff. It didn't have the upside down, but it had all this weird stuff happening. And she cast the entire thing with an all Asian cast, which I think was great. And it sounds amazing. And she did an incredible job on it. So, you know, she does a lot of this stuff too. And she, she voices for me a lot on stuff and, you know, it's, Are there any challenges with you guys both being in the same? In- no, I don't think so. I mean, we 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 get each other and we 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 help each other. She does drive me crazy sometimes because she's she's she does a lot of on camera auditions, mm-hmm. and she she's always asking me to help her set up her lights and be her reader and all that stuff. And it's, you know, I just want to relax after a, you know a, a full day of, of voicing or directing. I just want to come home and crash or do yeah. something. You know? And she's always got me running and doing so. <laughs> Set up my backdrop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Say, totally. It's always um, something. Is your is your husband in the business? Yeah. Ben? So he thinks he thinks what we do is cool, which is amazing, and oh, he's super good. supportive. The downside is he doesn't know anything about self taping. He can't can't help me with the light he'll have me like physically set up things but he's you know not going to read read sides with me but that's okay i always you know i wonder what do you do what do you do when you have to have somebody read sides with you usually a coach usually i work with a coach or something oh i see okay all right yeah or to work with me but i mean that happens less for me because most of what i do is voiceover so if there's like a pcap or a mocap thing I'll have to do that, but yeah. 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 And that's so cool. You have just one son, right? I have one son and one daughter. Our daughter, daughter is a, that's right. She's yeah. Amazing. She is an amazing, amazing singer songwriter. And actually Ellen and I are working. We're trying to get this series uh, produced that, that she created called life's a bitch. <laughs> and you can see it. It's with uh, Ellen Stern, me and Stephen Tobolowsky. And we're all in this show together. And you can see we've done two teasers already. So if you go on YouTube and you put in uh, Life's a Bitch with my name or Ellen's name, and you can see the teasers. And they're really, really wonderful. And the reason I bring this up is because our daughter does the music for them and sings the song. And she also directed the second teaser. Great. Well, yeah. I mean, let us know. Do you have a a link in your bio or anything or where we can see that? I I absolutely should, but I don't. But you can, like I say, you can go onto YouTube and put in, put in life's a bitch and put in Richard F. Carr or Ellen Stern and it'll come up and you can see the two different uh, teasers. And they're they're really they're really funny. I think you'll enjoy them. And so we're trying to get a a series deal for us so that we can we can do our own series. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just wondering, you know, throughout your career, you have voiced 
a handful of iconic characters. Specifically, I'm thinking of the Joker. What was it like having to approach a character that you know people before you have played and played well? Well, you know, a lot of people ask me that and they go, were you intimidated? And Mark Hamill's done it for so long and he's so great and everyone loves him. And and honestly, to this day, I, I've not heard Mark's Joker. Mm. And uh, well, this is kind of a funny story, too. Some guy kind of accused me of trying to sound like Mark Hamill on, on my Joker. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you for the compliment. I said, but uh, honestly, to this day, I've never heard Mark's. And uh, Mark Hamill came on and said, well, I've heard yours and it's wonderful. So I thought that was really nice of him to do that. He's, he's uh, really a, a nice man to do that. I, he made my day, I'll tell you. Aww. But, you know, there's there's a, you know, I, I like I say, you know, I, I was stay trained in the theater. So there's been a million people who have played Hamlet, you know, and everyone's going to play Hamlet differently and everyone's going to put their own spin on it. I'm a James Bond fan. There's been six James Bonds and they all add a little something different to the character. And, yeah. you know, everybody's going to bring something of themselves to the character. And, you know, I, I, I honestly, I'm I'm not... I would never try to play a, an actor playing a character. Yeah. I'm playing a character. So I don't I didn't really I don't really think about that stuff to tell you the truth and it doesn't really that doesn't worry me or intimidate me or I don't really worry about that. It's I just strong. I just jump in and and do the best I can and hope for the best and hope that it turns out well and it's well received. You know, when I I I took over Ansem from Billy Zane Mm-hmm. He was in the first one, and then I did the rest of the series. He did one, I did like eight of them. So I got a lot of flack for that in the beginning. And then as I, as I went on, you know, I think the fans kind of came around. And same with the Joker. When I first started doing the Joker, everyone kind of went bazebas, you know. But I, now I have a lot of fans and a lot of people, you know, really like my Joker a lot. And, and, and I really appreciate that. So, you know, you just you do what you do and you try try your best. And that's all you can do, really, you know. You can't worry about, you know, if if Laurence Olivier played the character before you did, you know, I mean, you can't worry about that. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm saying this and I'm, I'm thinking the people out there going, who's Laurence Olivier? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, that may be true, but I feel like our audience is not as young as, you know. But as I would think, although, you know, the other day I said something about George C. Scott and the engineer turned to me and said, who's George C. Scott? So then I thought, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. Well, I want to give the audience time to ask some questions. I see we already have 25 questions in the question box. Oh, good. Well, let's answer their questions. Uh, Guys, go ahead and and put some questions in. I might not be able to get to all of them, but I will do what I can. Should we do it? Should we do it quickly so we can answer everybody's question? Well, well, not all the questions will be good. (laughs) What what kind of questions do your people (laughs) ask, for God's sakes? Some of them would be repeats, I mean. Okay, so Looney Tunaj is asking, seeing as how you're a big Bond fan, who's your favorite Bond and villain? Well, it's Sean Connery, of course, you know. Is it Sean? Yeah, Sean, right here. Sean Connery. <laughs> I love Sean Connery. But I also love, I also love, like I say, I love, I love the other guys and I love what they brought to yeah. the character. I think they're all, they're all, you know, fun to watch. They all do a nice job. My favorite villain, well... I mean, God, there's so many good villains. I mean, Goldfinger was great. I love Red Grant in, uh, from Russia with Love. It's a great villain. But there's, there's so many of them. There's just so many good ones. You know, there really are. They all uh, made Bond their own, they say. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. we haven't talked about Joseph in adventure. This is our adventure. How can I forget that? A million, million fans. <laughs> what was it like voicing Joseph? Especially you know, I, being where, uh, 
Avdol and Joseph get stuck together. Oh my God. Was that the funny? Did you see that scene? I haven't. No, tell me all about it. Oh my God. This was, well, first of all, you know, I do a lot of these shows and, and I, I honestly, you know, well, you know what it's like. You go in sometimes, sometimes it's a job. You just go in and do the job and you forget about it. Mm -hmm. This show really was intriguing to me. I would go in and I'm going, oh my God, because every episode they would paint these characters into a corner and you're going to go, you're going, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. I mean, it was really kind of brilliant and I, (laughs) I had to watch it. So it was one of the few shows I actually sat down and watched the show. Usually I don't have time to do that, but I just said, I've got to see the show. It's just so crazy. He was, he was so much fun to play. And now originally they had us do a, like a test of the series and they had everybody do English accents. And I'm not really sure why they had us do it that way. Maybe that's British English. Yeah. And so I'm glad they kind of dropped that after they did that for a couple episodes and then they went back and redid it all with, you know, regular American, but he, he's a really fun character to play. He's, uh, he's super strong and super smart, but he's kind of a, he's kind of a bumbling fool sometimes. And he kind of screws up a lot sometimes, you know, which makes him very human. You know, he's, he, he had an affair on his wife and he, whenever he, he always wants to pilot the plane, but whenever he does, they crash. You know, so I mean, he's he's kind of a nut, but he's really a fun character to play, and I just I absolutely loved playing him. He was he's one of the most fun characters I ever played. But he he's his voice is oh my god, you know, he's like he's always screaming and he's always big and and blustery, and so you know that was that was hard to do that for hours and hours at a time. But he was he was really a fun character to play. Really loved playing him. Yeah, I love from JoJo's yeah. Adventure, huh? People love JoJo's. They really do. It's so cool to see. Okay, this is a bit of a general question, but we can go there and maybe okay. read a little more. But how do you feel about Lord Raiden in Mortal Kombat 11? I love him. <laughs> I love Lord Raiden. He's one of my favorite characters. He's, he's like I say, he's a, he's a very noble, honorable character, and I love that about him. And, and I think we need more characters like that, quite honestly. I just think, I think... So many of these characters now, they're so ambiguous. There's, you know, not to sound like old man McGee, but, you know, it's <laughs> like when, you know, growing up, you know, the shows they were, there was, there was good and evil and good and evil would struggle and then good would always triumph at the end. Well, we don't have that anymore. They kind of threw that out. And uh, I just feel like some of the stuff is really ambiguous. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I think it kind of reflects in our society right now. I think it, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's affecting people because, you know, there's not that sense of uh, right and wrong anymore. I don't know. I mean, I could be, you know, talking out my butt at this point, but. Uh, so you think that because we're not, we're not seeing truly moral characters in represented in TV and film that our moral compass has sort of gone astray? I think, I think there's a, a lot of that. This thing keeps going dark on me. I think there is some of that. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to sound like, you know, the church lady or anything like no. that, but, you know, I, I just, I just think, I think it's important sometimes in some of these epic dramas that have good people, but, you know, obviously, you know, it, if a character like, like Joseph Joestar, for example, who's a hero, but he's a very flawed hero, and I think that that makes him more human, and I understand that, but what I'm talking about is that, you know, there's a, there's a sense of, do whatever you have to, to, to get to where you need to go or whatever. And I just think, I think people don't care about what's right or wrong anymore. You know, I think they just think about, let's just 
get to where we need to go and screw everybody else basically and do i think right that's thing. you know yeah i just i exactly do the right thing and i just i think there's not as much of that and i i think that there could be more in the entertainment world i i i don't know I, i'm going off on a weird tangent and i, I don't want to sound like i'm you know, proselytizing or anything like that but i just think i think it yeah hallelujah but anyway you know I just think it, I think it helps when you do have a little more defined characters. And Raiden is one of those characters. He's a very noble, honorable character who who is a man of his word. If he tells you he's going to do something, he does it. He, you know, he he's he's got a really good heart. He he wants to help people. He's the protector of Earthrealm. He protects the entire planet, you know. And he he he's like I say, he's a very he comes from a good good place. And uh, and then I then I have the Joker in there also, who's a, it's like Yin and Yang, you know, who's the most despicable character. And this is what what's kind of interesting to me is people love the Joker, but when you think about it, he's really a despicable, horrible character. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's awful. And we do need bad guys, right? We do need bad guys, and he is he is definitely one of the worst. And I think the reason people like him so much is because he has a sense of humor. I think they let him get away with a lot of the stuff he gets away with because he's funny, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's an interesting, interesting idea. But I just, I just think it's really interesting that, and, and for me as an actor, it's really fun to play both of those characters. Obviously, yeah, and I really enjoy it. And there's there's scenes in Mortal Kombat 11 where Raiden and the Joker are talking to each other, and that's really kind of a fun thing to see, you know, and to do. That's amazing. Let's see what other questions we have. Ask me one of the bad ones. This is a good question. All the good ones are just popping to the top. Although, this is my second question from Looney Tunage, I believe. What were your thoughts on the new Mortal Kombat live-action film? Did you see it? I have not seen it yet. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Would you like to be cast by Gene Vassaleros for DC Superhero Girls? Absolutely. Of course I would. Who wouldn't? This is a really tough question that I'm going to ask from Stephen. Who is your favorite brother? Let me think about this for a while. Who's my favorite brother? Do you have more than one? Let's start there. No, I don't. Okay. So let me think about this. Who mm. is my favorite brother? Sorry, folks, we're out of time. I don't know. Probably the guy I'm going to Vegas with in August. That'll be fun. We're going to tear up the town, my brother. Oh, I love it. Mr. Richard, when you started out, did your agent ask you to do any Disney or Warner Brothers cartoons when they're holding auditions? No, he didn't, that rat. I should fire him, right? Definitely. Okay, that's a really, <laughs> this is a question we've been asking a lot of people that have come on the show since yeah. we launched in September. So, Jeff, thanks for asking this. What's it been like adapting to working from home during COVID? That's a great question. You know, in many ways, it's kind of nice. I keep poking you because you go, the phone oh, keeps going dark. That's the settings on your phone. It's like going yeah, to Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm terrible <laughs> at this stuff. It doesn't um, make us go dark. It's just... Um, no, I know. I know. It makes the thing go dark. What was the question? How, how has it Oh, COVID, yes. Oh, well, you know, it's kind of nice because you can roll out of bed in your jammies and just kind of come into the booth and do your stuff. Or I can come in and just, you know, write my stuff. And I, direct, I directed an entire show here in my office, which was, you know, in a way it was kind of nice. But honestly, I really miss the camaraderie of going in a studio and... and, and hanging out with the people and seeing all of our friends and all that. It's just so much more fun to do that. I know a lot of people really like this 
at home stuff and and it's going to be continuing on for a while now as a director it was tough because there's a delay no matter how good your setup is and even if you use source connect and all that stuff there's a delay so i ultimately had at the end of it i had to go into the studio and adjust all the sync on everything because and i had to take the engineer's word that everything was going to work uh, a couple of times you know it was touch and go quite frankly but but yeah you know it's okay. I mean, there there are certainly there's plus sides to it. Like I say, you can just roll out of bed and do your do your work. You don't have to drive anywhere, which is nice because you know, I, I don't know about you, but I those those drives to Venice and Santa Monica at nine o'clock in the morning are, <sighs> are pretty rough. Pretty yeah. rough. I think you're you're in the valley too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But we're lucky; most of the things are on our side of the hill. Yes, on our side, but there are a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff on the other side too, in Culver City and uh, Santa Monica and Venice. Yeah, I I remember I was directing a game in Venice, and it took me two hours to get there in the morning and two hours to come home at night. So that's four hours every day you're driving. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I know it is, but thankfully they actually they moved that game to Warner Brothers, which is about ten fifteen minutes from my house. So that was great. I love that. Plus, it you know, I was working on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah, that's got to be the coolest thing of doing the Joker, though, is when we when we record at Warner Brothers. You know, I'm mm-hmm. doing the Joker on the Warner Brothers lot. I mean that that is like I'm going wow. This is this is really something. So that that, that those those days are really fun. John Bailey says, I can't wait for Richard to direct me. I I know. I can't wait either, John. We love your we'll new commercial, it. by the way, John. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. So talented. Super talented. Another question from the audience from M Hernandez 006. I wonder if there's a connection there. Do you have any advice for anybody in here who'd like to become a voice actor? Also, I hope your day is going awesome. I had to consult with the elder gods to send this. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, Raiden says that a lot. I must consult with the elder gods. <laughs> it, it sounds like he never makes up his own uh, decision, but uh, yeah. you know, he's just trying to check stuff out. That's all. You know, it, it's a it's a tough. It's a tough business, and I think that if it's really something you want, you can certainly go for it, and why not? You know, a lot of people have just come here from all over the world and have, have had careers and done pretty well, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy, and, and getting going is probably the hardest part. And, you know, my advice would be to study and take some classes and uh, really hone your craft, and when you are competitive – then I would make some demo demo tapes, not tapes, but demos, and I would uh, send them out to some of the agents out there and try to get an agent to represent you because the agents are going to be the ones that will be sending you the auditions. So, you know, if you can get somebody to represent you and send you auditions, then you start start doing that. And then hopefully, you know, you just keep doing that until you, until you book. And then, you know, the more you book, the more confident you'll get and you'll book more and more. And then, you know, that's how it works. But I, I'm I'm putting it in very simplistic terms, you know, as Allison knows, but you know, it's 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 not easy. It's a, it's a tough thing. But if it's if it's something that you you really have to do and want to do, I, I say go for it. Why not? You know, years ago people used to say to people, you know, go do something that you're gonna make money at and don't don't follow your dream and all that. And the thing the reality is I had a bunch of friends who became engineers and they got laid off. And then they they had no job. So my advice to everyone is to follow your dream because, you know, we're, we're here for a short time and you might as well do something that you enjoy and that you love and that makes you feel good. 
and uh, do that because you know there's no there's no guarantees in life. Even if you have a degree or you study something or whatever it is, you know there's no no guarantee. So you might as well do something that you love and that you want to pursue. That's my I, advice. I hundred percent agree with that, and would just add to that that make sure that you're taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually. However, however that whatever that means to you, make sure that you're taking care of your body and your mind and your spirit because there will be days when uh, this career is hard or any career path, even the safe one is going to be hard that um, hopefully you can fall back on a good community of friends and family. You can fall back on the, the, you know, healthy well-being and and self-care habits that you've developed so that when things get tough, you can take care of yourself. And it's an ongoing lifelong process, but don't sacrifice your health and well-being and mental health for this someday dream. Start taking care of yourself. I think that's excellent advice. Um, Jeff, Jeff Burns had said one more question. What's a tape, Richard? Well, that was back in the olden <laughs> days, Jeff, when we used to ride our horse and buggies. to go- Because, you know, <laughs> my old demo was on a cassette tape. <laughs> How long I've been doing this. I want to be um, very conscious of your time, Richard, because I said we were going to go an hour and we're actually four minutes over. So do you have time for one or two more questions? Or do yeah. you... All right, we'll do one or two more questions, guys. And just so you know, next week we have Chip Beeman is going to be our guest. He's from the Help Network. They do a ton of workshops as well as casting and producing for video games. And they, they, they're on fire right now. So please yeah. for Chip Beeman. And the following week, I am going to be off. Uh, on vacation and then the week after what? that we have yeah you know what What will um, we do who will we watch maybe i'll pop in one of the old ones actually maybe yeah I'll that's what you should them. do they do reruns like they do, do on, uh, like they do on the late you know the the talk shows just do i could do rerun. my very first interview with earl cress it was like five minutes long rest in peace but i mm-hmm. that was my from 2009 when this was originally a web series on youtube my very first interview was earl cress so, and then we have Christina V from Miraculous Ladybug and Genshin Impact. She's going to be our guest. In- well, tell her, give her a big hug for me and tell Chip I said hi, please. I, I will. I will. So, you guys, if you have any last minute questions, go ahead and put them in, in the box and we'll try and get a couple more. Do a list of the fates. Thank you so much. We're so grateful to everybody that's tuning in live. You don't know how happy it makes us that you're here with us. So. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thank you yeah. for thank you for asking me and having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. I was going, well, she can ask me on for, for God's sake. Ask you on for so long. But I appreciate it. Thank you yeah. for having me. Lennox, oh, Lennoxo is asking, who's your favorite JoJo character? Is it yourself? Yes. Of course. Yes. I always always choose my character as the favorite because, you know, he's the one I know the most about and I'm most invested in. But I do love him. He's great. Yeah. A lot of questions about, do you know who's going to voice Raiden in the next incarnation of Mortal Kombat? Who's going to voice Raiden? Well, hopefully it'll be me. That's right, baby. <laughs> Let's keep this party train going. Yeah. Okay, let me see if I can find it. Will you? Yep, more questions about if you're voicing Raiden. We, we covered that. We covered that. We did not cover this one, though. Okay, good. What was it like voicing Armorhide? Armorhide in Transformers. You know... That that was kind of interesting because my father was in the military parts business, and he had a bunch of tanks in his yard, where his where his business is or was, and uh, I used to as a kid I used to play in the tanks. I used to crawl in them and play in them. Like, hey. So so armor hide is a tank. He's a transformer that's a tank, 
So that was kind of weird, you know. But actually, that particular series is talking about Transformers, Robots in Disguise. I wrote about a third or a half of that series for Hasbro. I so that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot of those shows. And I was, I was armor height. And then I got to be a Skywarp in uh, War for Cybertron, which was a Transformer game. And anytime I get to be a part of the Transformer universe, I love it. You know, that's a, it's a great franchise. My son just got his first, well, actually his second Transformer. He got an Optimus Prime and a flea market once, a vintage one. And then he just got a new Transformer. He's very excited. Wow, that's amazing. Back again, kind of circling back to the whole <laughs> recurring theme of this, that, it, you know, tanks apparently are in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said that. You that's true. Tank? You need a cat cast you, but you, you know it's it's, it's interesting. There are there are I guess you you do give off vibes. You know I mean I I play a lot of military guys. I play a lot of authoritarian characters. I play you know it, it's just kind of interesting how you know you give off a certain essence or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and you know because I am a tall guy, you can't really tell from this picture, but I'm, you are. I am very tall, and because of that, I think that they they cast me as big large characters a lot of times so it's kind of worked in my favor whereas you know on camera you're you are more relegated to the way you appear and uh, sometimes you know i'll tell you another funny story real quick when i first came out here to be a, an on-camera actor they said to me you'll never work you're too tall and then i started working all the time they said oh you're working all the time because you're so let that be a lesson to everybody in this business don't listen to these idiots and just if it's something you want to do pursue it and and go for it because there's no reason why you can't do it you know if it's something you really want to do and you want to put your mind to it and put in the time and the effort and the work and become competitive there's no reason why you can't succeed and have a career in this That's right. right right allison yep richard before we go do you mind saying you're listening to allison's my name is richard Epcar, and you're listening to allison's wonderland one day I hope to edit them all these little clips together into a little promo. Kenny's My name is Richard Epcar and you're listening to Allison's Wonderland. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Really yeah. hope we get to cross paths in real life again. The last time I saw you was at the Gary Marshall Theater. Yeah, I was at a show. I saw you at the show. Yeah. Did, so did you have anything to do with the show or you were were you just in the audience? No, I was just Googling Joey McIntyre. First crush ever. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't even know he was in the play until I got there. And then I was like, oh, my God, shut up, really. You know, your husband watches these shows. I know. I know. He's the one that gives all <laughs> That's probably why there's a bunch of hearts both. But, yeah, thank you guys so much. Tune in next week for Chip Beam and then we're off. And then Christina V. And, oh, my gosh, I have Ellen Sue. Um, the artistic recruiter for Titmouse is coming up the week after that. So we have... A whole bunch of awesome guests coming up. And if there's someone specific you want to see on the show, DM me and I will do my best to get them booked. And so, guys, also, if someone knows Nancy Cartwright in person, you know, I get a lot of requests for her. So, yeah, hook me up. <laughs> okay, guys, we'll see you next week on Allison's Wonderland. Thank you, Richard. Allison, thank you for having me. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week. <laughs>